My name is John, and this is my good buddy, Andy, and you're listening to the Packers Blitz podcast. This podcast is done by two diehard Packer fans who have survived the dark times of the 1980s Packers football and lived to talk about it. This podcast is dedicated to the world's greatest fans, Packer fans. We love you. Hope everyone out there had a merry, merry Christmas, Uh, you know, happy new year. And we're going to get right into it with Andy, unless, Andy, you want to wish everybody they had a Merry Christmas. Of, of course. Of course. Yeah, hopefully everybody had a Merry Christmas. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you did, and that's, yes. that's awesome. So, yeah, I did as well. And uh, we're going we're gonna to move on right away to because uh, we want to get under an hour <laughs> for this podcast. I, I think we're going to do it, do it today, finally. Is- yeah, New Year's uh, yes. and that's right. All right. Yeah, so so this uh this was LaFleur's congratulatory oh, post-game locker room speech. Here we go. Yeah, we won. A win is a win. Great job, everyone. Uh, that, exactly. <laughs> Unlike LaFleur's melancholy speech. On Christmas Eve, uh, I hope that everybody out there had a tremendous Christmas with plenty of joy and happiness. I don't know how LaFleur would have given a positive, uplifting speech. So it had to be something like that, very yeah. almost like in a bored tone. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, they won. Oh, like, like, they, like the saying goes, a win is a win. But... <laughs> But mm. uh, that was mm. that was uh, that was very dicey. That that game again, dicey. another another trap game. Well, you know, we could have we could have definitely lost that game. Absolutely. Uh, and if not for a few things going our way for once, mm. uh, like that call on Romeo Dobbs catch oh, where he's falling around the ball and on his back, mm-hmm. the ball ended up on the ground. I thought for sure they were going to overturn that one, by the way. So yeah, yeah. we're not going to go into that one during the no. during the podcast today. We're just going to be happy it went our way. And uh, mm. if that wouldn't have went our way, uh, it might have been a different outcome. But mm. win is a win, right, John? John, did yeah. you have anything to say before we before we start tonight, or anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I do. Okay. No Barry. <laughs> okay. No <Jeff> Barry. <laughs> okay. All right. I know we're gonna get into this. Yeah. We're gonna get into this, but I'm gonna get into this right now. Okay. You're gonna you're gonna do your rant right now, John? Uh, well, no, I'm just gonna do a mini one. I okay, just want to know. I, I, I'm just gonna show you. How I am omniscient, or I could, or whatever you call it, I could see the future and the past and all the things. What did I say? I said two things, uh, and go back and listen, Packer Bits fans and Packer fans. I said two things. One, Joe Barry's going to make Bryce Young look like Steve Young. He had the best game. <laughs> Bryce Young had the best game of his NFL career against us. Okay, yes. so I was right on that. Yeah. Number two, I said, you know what's going to happen, Andy? Because Andy's like, oh, we're going to win. I don't know what the score was on you, but I think it was like we're going to win by eight points or ten points or something like double digits. And I said, no, we're not. This is exactly what's going to happen. 
they're going to go down and score and everything, and they're going to keep the game really, really close, and then we're going to have to kick a last-second field goal or score a last-second touchdown to win the game. Guess what yep. happened? Guess what happened? Yeah, and they <laughs> almost, almost hit a game-tying field goal if it wasn't for, well, maybe some clock mismanagement. But that's just, I'm going to start out with it until I get to my real rant. But let's just get into, let's just keep this ball rolling, okay? <laughs> I just have and, one word for everybody out there. Uh, John is a soothsayer. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And I got I one for the Vikings game too, which you're not going to like, Packer fans. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, gosh. All okay. right. So let's get okay. into our new section here or our near uh, piece, you want to call it, Andy? New and segment, it yeah, called? it's called, uh, it's called <laughs> Very Interesting. Uh, this is a continuation of a new segment that we started last week on Packers Blitz episode uh, number 54, I believe, where uh, John That's was correct. making all his premonitions or, you know, his, mm-hmm. his precognitive ability is off the charts. That's for sure. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so we started this last week on Packers Blitz. And and again, this this segment delves into the world of the NFL and how the Packers mm-hmm. fit into that. And yep. along the way, uh, we'll discuss some very interesting uh, tidbits mm-hmm. of information to stimulate everybody's brain after mm-hmm. the uh christmas holiday of family gatherings and feasts uh yeah. so the first very interesting thing just in <laughs> the uh, minnesota vikings are considering another quarterback change so uh so the history with this uh kirk cousins uh, rookie Jaron Hall, uh, Joshua Dobbs, Nick Mullins, and now back to rookie Jaron Hall. So, John, if I'm missing anybody, chime in. But I think that's basically the season and how it's gone. Yeah, that, yeah that's... Yeah. Okay. So, Hall was a fifth-round pick out of BYU. That is significant to the Packers' uh, playoff hopes because we play them on Sunday Night Football this week. The Vikings have their season hanging in the balance. Just like the Packers, they now sit at 7-8 and eight and are a game behind the Rams and the Seahawks in the loss column for one of the final NFC wildcard spots. The Vikings have hit a rough patch and have lost four of five games. The Packers are fortunate facing mm-hmm. a rookie quarterback this week and with an opportunity opportunity to to dispose of the vikings playoff aspirations simple 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 the packers football team needs to continue to win and take care of business take care of its business right john john any comments on that first yeah i don't i don't very interesting very i don't uh hold on a second so Nick Mullins started for against Detroit. He threw for over 400 yards, four interceptions, and I think he threw three touchdowns. So why would they? I don't. Uh, I, I don't understand why they're going to the. Is that is a slap into our face to say 
we can go with a rookie and beat you against Joe Barry's defense. Am I, what am Maybe. I, what am I missing here? <laughs> like what? Yeah, I, that I, must be a slap in the face. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that makes no sense. I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded, right? I don't even know what to say right now. Why would, why? Um, uh, okay. So. Hmm. I'm just reading this right now. As oh, of yeah, now, he's healthy. Right. He's not hurt. I thought he yeah. maybe had something going out, going uh-huh. on. But basically, yeah. um, this is generated by AI, I'm sure. But it says Mullins, Dobbs, or Hall could start in week 17. <laughs> That's what it starts off. So, okay, yeah. only three options there. So I guess three we options. really don't know who's going to start. Yeah. Um, I yeah. thought it was supposed to be Hall. That they were gonna mm. uh, last time, last thing I heard. But um, yeah. it says the Star Tribune's uh, Ben Gosling reports the Vikings could start any three of their quarterbacks in Week 17. So yeah, um, you know, then they were trying to give revo- you know advice, <laughs> and so what? so this guy said that Kevin O'Connell, he's the head coach of the the Vikings. Uh, Vi- uh, this is what Kevin O'Connell said. All three of those guys are worthy of being involved in that discussion. We'll what? make the best decision in the interest of oh, winning uh, games. End quote. <laughs> so game. So no clue. What? No clue what's going to happen. Um, they said Nick Mullins had a couple weeks of, you know, turnovers and effectiveness or whatever. Um, yeah. So I guess that's why. I don't know. That's right. Yeah, sorry, we aren't help being helpful here to anybody. Uh, yeah. We try to be, but um, right as of now, we we don't know because yeah. uh, their head coach doesn't even know who he's gonna start. Right? Well, maybe that's a tactic. Maybe that's a tactic too. Um, probably. It's Does probably it just. It's an open <laughs> competition, I'm sure. At this point, whoever performs best in you know during the week or yeah. whatever, but who knows. Um, I'm glad he's going well, about his business that way because if he is doing that kind of stuff, most likely if he doesn't pick, just pick somebody right away, um, I, they may not be really prepared for the game, and that hopefully would benefit us. So, we need all the help we can get right now, especially on defense, right? I, uh, yeah, well, I'll get to that. Uh, so, beep, 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 boop, boop, boop. <laughs> you know uh, Vikings Hawkinson is out. He's not playing. He's out for the Correct. Season. Yep, he's out for the year. Yeah. Which that will help us because he would have a field day. We'll get to that anyway. Yep. We'll talk a little bit about that more later on. Yeah. Oh, so the second very interesting thing, uh, there's one particular Packers player who doesn't know how to take care of business. Uh, here we go. Except for his pocketbook. Here comes my boy. He cannot stay on the field. He cannot uh, even get a coin the, the coin toss right. <laughs> um, that is none other than Packers starting cornerback Jair oh, Alexander. And John, uh, I sent you this article. So I know you very interesting. It. So after missing six mm. games with a shoulder injury, is he playing? Is he not playing? He should have been on IR, so we had another roster spot. But don't get me going yeah, on that. Exactly. So after exactly. si- missing six games, he finally declares himself ready to play. Yippee. Well, before Jair even played in the game, he crashed the captain's meeting and joined the three game captains, Aaron Jones, 
Quay Walker and Eric Wilson at midfield. Called tails. This is Jair. Called tails and won the toss. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, if you guys were listening, and the reason I said it really slow is because there's three game captains. There's not four. There's not yeah. four. And so you've right. got one on offense, one on defense, and probably one from special teams. That means Jair was not supposed to be out there. Quay Walker was supposed to be out there, right? Yeah. And then he has the nerve to actually call the toss, and luckily he won. So, however, <laughs> Jair opened oh up his big mouth again mm -hmm. and said the Packers wanted to be on defense. Defense. That's what he said. Which, mm -hmm. technically speaking, is not the same as choosing to defer. Luckily, referee Alex Kemp clarified he had not clarified it. It would, if he had not done that, it would have cost the Packers a possession, and the Panthers would have received the kickoff to start both halves. Hmm. According to ESPN staff writer Rob Demosky, and I think we've used him before, this is what yeah, Rob bro. said. By rule, the winner of the coin toss can choose to receive, kick off, or defer. The choice to the second half. With Alexander saying they wanted to be on defense, it could have been interpreted as choosing to kick off. It's possible the only reason Kemp double-checked and asked if he meant to defer was that Coach Matt LaFleur makes it a point in the pregame meeting with officials to inform them of their choice should they win the toss. <laughs> End quote. Very interesting indeed. As a lifelong Packers fanatic, I appreciate Matt LaFleur's due diligence. Yeah. However, I fail to understand why Jair Alexander's insubordination continues to be allowed. His mm -hmm. season can be summed up in one word. Bizarre. Mm. He has been healthy enough to practice, yet he doesn't play until he returns to his hometown of Charlotte. Mm -hmm. LaFleur. Make a bold move and sit Alexander down on the bench right. for the rest of the season. Yep. Other well-coached professional teams do that. Why can't the Packers? Big mm. question mark. John, any comment on that? That really yeah. upsets me yeah, uh, yeah. In, on so many levels because yeah. that's insubordination. That's like somebody just doing whatever they want, whenever they yeah. want, and not being hey, held accountable for their actions. I am riled up about that. Jair just needs to, he just needs to, to find another uh, place to work. Um, that's yeah. where I'm at with him. I'm done with that guy. Yeah. Um, so John, any so, comment on that quick? Or? No, uh, I totally agree with you. We should uh, bench him um, for the rest of the season and then discuss trade options unless he uh, says something to the effect of I'm holding myself accountable and you put something, I don't know if that would even work, but here's the thing I want to, I want to say that I was just watching before I got on a podcast. 
So in the Chiefs Raiders game, by the way, the Raiders won that game because the Chiefs look like a bunch of well, they look like us. <laughs> they were making mistakes. They were looking like the Packers. I was like, what do we like inhabit their bodies? Like we're possessing them. But here's the thing that happened. So Travis Kelsey, there was a fourth and 25 that they actually made the Chiefs. The punter threw the ball. <laughs> and only only Andy Reid, fourth and 25, would have a punter throw the ball. And actually it worked. Okay, that would never work for the Packers. But anyway, Travis Kelsey is seen on the sidelines where he just whips his helmet down and just, you know, loses it. And so one of the trainers grabs his helmet and tries to find Travis Kelsey to give it back. And Andy Reid comes around and sees this and goes to the trainer, no, do not give him his helmet back. You can see him telling the trainer, do not give Travis Kelsey his helmet back. Okay, think about that, Andy. This is Travis Kelsey. Yes. Okay? He is the integral part of that offense, one of the greatest tight ends to ever play this game. And Andy Reid goes, I'm not going to take it. You're going to sit your butt down, and you're going to think about what you did. Just And you're not getting your helmet back until I say. Now, think about a great Super Bowl winning coach at Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur should have stepped in and been like, sit down, sit down. You're not playing, you know, or sit him down for the first quarter. Say, you're not playing first quarter. End of story. You don't like it tough. See, that's the difference. That's one thing I'm seeing in the, in the NFL season, what a great coach does and what a good coach does and what a not so good coach does. I mean, you know, it's obvious. And I think Andy Reid, Again, as always, one of my favorite coaches, even though he's one cheeseburger away from a heart attack, Andy, eat a salad yep. once in a while. Too many nuggies. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just found that very interesting that Andy Reid said, no, you're not going out there. If you want to act like a child, I'll treat you like a child. You know, so uh, I just think that's, that's a big difference right now. So let's yeah. go to three. Huh? Great, great point, John. Great point. Yeah. Yeah, John alluded to this uh, to, to alluded to this before, but uh, very interesting. The latest oh rookie God. quarterback that the Packers faced had his best game so far. Yes, Packer fans, football fans, that would be rookie Bryce Young. Mm. Bryce Young or Steve? Was it Steve Young or Bryce Young? Right. Okay. <laughs> we didn't know, right? Like yeah, it's hard to tell. Out there. Uh, in like the uh, 33-30 Panthers loss to the Packers, Young had a career best 110.6 passer rating. Jeez. Going 23 for 36, 312 <sighs> yards, and two TD passes. According to Ian Kavanja, I believe that's pronounced, <laughs> okay. of A to Z Sports, this is what right. Ian has to say. Still, breakout performance or not, it has to be placed in context. Everyone eats off the Packers. It was merely Young's turn. Don't put the cart before the horse when it comes to the number one overall picks development. End quote. The Packers D has made... Quarterbacks Jeez. like I didn't take a deep breath, John. 
uh, mm-hmm. has made quarterbacks like recently benched New York Giants quarterback Tommy <laughs> DeVito, yeah, yeah, yeah. journeyman uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Baker Mayfield, and now rookie Carolina Panthers quarterback Bryce Young look like top quarterback chefs slicing and dicing us up. <laughs> so, John, any uh, comment on that? You already kind of counted it before, but this yeah, is getting well, ridiculous. Yeah. This is like yeah, three games is, in a row. Yeah, this is this is something that, again, uh, if, if you want to go out there on YouTube, on Twitter, on any social media sites, that's what everyone's talking about. Everyone is showing our zone defense. Everyone is showing our uh, – when we have blitzed, we can't get home, that we're not being um, creative, that we are we are calling the wrong plays at the wrong times, we are not being physical, uh, Jair Alexander, um, and just everything. Just There's no one person said it, one person defensive player said it, uh, I believe Bart Scott. If you know who Bart Scott is, he, he used to have a... <laughs> Played for the Jets, and he, I think he played for the Dolphins. He was a good linebacker, but he had a real mouth on him. He could run it. He could run his mouth quite a bit, similar to Jair Alexander. And he was like, "I couldn't play on this defense. I would just be over at the sideline, just chewing everybody out." Like he goes, "I would just be yelling and screaming at people." But he says, "I don't even see that. I see." I see everyone just standing around and looking around and just kind of going, okay, what, what, what next? And they're playing. He goes, they look like they have fear in their eyes. He goes, if you're a defensive player and you have fear in your eyes, ah, it's time to hang it up. He says, time to retire because there's just no, no reason to play anymore because you're just not going to be able to make a play. And he didn't say to, he's noticed he says Quay Walker has to be injured because he says he's not playing like he used to play. He said there are other guys he sees are injured. He goes, he goes, uh, he goes, Jair Alexander w- can't tackle to save his life anymore. So he goes, I don't know what's going on with that. We just talked about that. But it was interesting just to hear people just go like, what is he doing? <laughs> like literally people go, what is he doing out there? And, uh, you know, that's hard to believe into your, when people are when people are calling plays in your life, what? <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> so anyway, on to the next one. Yeah, finally, uh, very interesting. Uh, the Packers' first-year quarterback Jordan Love has now thrown more touchdowns in his first fifteen games, twenty-seven of them, mm. twenty-seven, than both Packers greats. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers had 25, and Brett Favre had 20. Yeah. He had says so far after 15 games, 27 touchdowns. In the NFL, Jordan Love is currently tied with Jared Goff and Josh Allen with 27 touchdown passes. Only Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy has 29, and Dak Prescott, Prescott has 30, have more touchdown passes than love as far as the Packers quarterback history goes uh, Jordan Love has the closest stats to that of Aaron Rodgers Jay Love uh, has had uh, a 62.5 completion rate 3,587 yards 27 touchdowns 11 interceptions and a 
91.8 passer rating after 15 games again. A-Rod had a 63.4% completion rate, 3,730 yards, 25 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and a 91.4 passer rating. Um, John, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Mm. So the mm. passing rate, passer rating is what I was looking at, especially Jordan Love mm-hmm. has a 91.8 and, and A-Rod had a yeah, 91.4. 91.4. That's pretty yeah. darn close. So their it's stats close. are pretty much mirror and, images of one another. John, any comment on that? Yeah, just really quick. Packer fans forget the cupboard wasn't bare with Aaron Rodgers when he started. We had uh, Greg Jennings. We had... Um, I don't think Jermichael Finley, but maybe I'm wrong on that one. We'll have to go back and look. But we had Jordy. I'm pretty sure we had Jordy Nelson. I'm pretty sure we had Greg Jennings. I'm pretty sure we had another veteran tight end uh, in a pretty uh, decent offensive line. Um, and we had a pretty good running game. So, again, he wasn't like, you know, this is coverage bare. And when I combine – if you're matching up receivers, if Jaden Reed plays, he's exceptional. We we all know that. If Devontae, uh, what, Devontae Week, Wicks? I always pronounce his name wrong for whatever reason. Dontavian. I think he, Dontavian Wicks, if, if he can stay healthy, he got hurt in the Carolina, but he has been playing well. Obviously, Tucker Craft came out of nowhere, finally got his n- nose in the playbook. Uh, we get Musgrave back. Uh, you know, Romeo Dobbs is still an enigma to me. I'm like, he shows up and he doesn't show up. And Christian Watson, God, God forbid, if he can make it through a whole season without getting hurt, you know, these numbers I feel would far exceed Aaron Rodgers' rookie numbers with a young, very young, uh, receiving core, just like he had, um, so it, when you go back, you look at some of those matching up, you go, huh. So the cupboard wasn't bare for Aaron Rodgers. Yet with Jordan Love, he's had Bo Melton in there. <laughs> he's had to throw to Tucker Craft. He's had to add, like, who's that guy <laughs> sometimes? You know, so for what he's done so far, I, I'm I'm starting to feel impressed by him. And I'm starting to feel a little bit better. So we'll see. You know, the jury's still out. I love his game-winning drive against Carolina. It's Carolina. But he still, you know, he went out and got us in field goal uh, range and got us in there, you know. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, when when can we say, um, John, when when Jordan Love had all of his weapons? Uh, you at maybe at the beginning of the year in the Chicago game. Yeah, but, but yeah, you but, know, they, yeah. they have not been uh constant. Um, they've no, been in and out of the crap. lineup, he hasn't had all of his yeah. guys, so it's no, commendable. No, and without a no. lot of his, you know, his guys, yeah, Aaron Jones. Oh, I forgot Aaron Jones. He yeah, Aaron yeah. Jones is, yeah, but that we were was, just talking about the, the wide receivers and the tight ends, right? Yeah, yeah, and that so. was the game that Aaron Jones went off. If you guys can remember, uh, go yeah. back and listen to our episode about that. Um, that's where Aaron Jones went off. You yep. know, he, he went off in this game too against the Panthers. Yeah. Yep. And that's where Tucker Kraft was running around for the, I don't know what the hell he was doing. 
and Luke Musgrave with kind of the same thing. Jaden Reed, I think he did okay. Romeo Dobbs, I don't know what he's doing. I don't think Christian Watson played. And if he did, he did nothing. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not like everybody was, woo, here we go, baby. We're going to light you up. It was like, huh? Yeah. Anyway. Very interesting, Andy. Love it. Yeah, and we were still able to score 38 points in that game. 38 points. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And, this, and in this game, 33 points, and he didn't have his top uh, three. No, he didn't have Jaden Reed. Or four no. wide receivers in nope. the game. So, yeah. and I, you know, you can put Dobbs in there, I guess, somewhere. But yeah, uh, yeah. God, yeah. that guy is weird. He's got eight touchdowns for the season and you're like he does yeah yeah we're gonna talk <laughs> really a little bit weird. about him later he did have a good game yeah, yeah. so that part was good all right so, so yeah let's do the recap right so yeah we <laughs> had a uh, uh we had a victory what, what, 33 <laughs> uh, to 30 uh, victory over the yeah awesome over the worst the worst capital letters uh nfl team the carolina panthers mm-hmm. so yeah we won uh, so did. here's the overall game summary. I'm just going to go through that quickly. I'm not going to go into great detail. So the Green Bay Packers yeah, gift yeah. <laughs> to their fans was a heart-stopping, mm. heart-stopping mm. 33 to mm. 30 win. Personally, I have a uh, defibrillator uh, <laughs> handy, the defibrillator paddles at the ready to start my heart when watching Packers games this season. Uh, Packers quarterback Jordan Love was the star of the game, throwing for two touchdowns and running for another. He helped them build a 30 to 16 lead, John. I know. However, <laughs> that's when John oh, uh, went to go help his wife make Christmas cookies. Make some cookies. Right, yeah. <laughs> However, and I'll let John go into that a little bit later. However, mm-hmm. the Packers D couldn't hold the lead. <laughs> giving up two late fourth quarter TDs and a two-point conversion to the anemic Panthers offense. And anemic is the right word, fans out there. Uh, With the game on the line, J-Love made plays to get us into field goal range. Then Anders Carlson kicked a 32-yard field goal to put us ahead. The Packers' defense then tried to spoil all of our (laughs) Christmas Christmas, basically everybody's Christmas from there. With 19 seconds left, the Packers' so-called D gave up a 22-yard completion to DJ Chark. We'll talk about him later. Give me a break. With 13 seconds left, another 22-yard pass to Fossil uh, (laughs) wide receiver Adam Thielen. Oh, Adam Thielen. Play for the Vikings. Vikings, yeah. Luckily for all of us Packer fans, the Panthers ran out of time <laughs> before Bryce Young could clock it and then bring out the kicker for a game-tying 50-yard field goal. Yeah. He would have made it. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone <laughs> and to mm-hmm. Packers Nation, a big sigh of relief, right? Uh, it was a Christmas gift, that's for sure. Um, John, anything on the game summary that you wanted to add? No. I mean, I just kind of started from where we were at at 30-16. That's when it started getting very interesting. I I had a big sigh of relief, and I was like, oh, we're going to win. You know, I was, you know, starting to make some uh, Uh snacks, you know, start to go in Uh there, uh, Uh you know, make some chicken Uh wings, uh, you know, some popcorn shrimp, Uh whatever. Go out to the the air fryer, right? 
Yeah, and then all of a sudden, that. I'm kind of looking back, and <laughs> you know, they're like, driving uh, and driving. You know, it's like, give me a break. Yeah, it's like you thought so, the game was yeah. over, and then it then it wasn't. So that all started probably with about, um, I think it was about yeah. seven minutes left in the game, seven or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So let let so, me let me talk about. Oh, yeah. Just saying? go ahead and rant. <laughs> yeah. I, so time. this is I. All right. Get it so, off your chest. This is Packers defense. Do another one of those clown horns. Uh, this is what happened, okay? Packer fans, I bet some of you were like the same way, just like with Andy. We're up by 14 points. My wife asked me, hey, hon, could you come? I know you're watching the game. And my wife, is she's a Packers fan too, and she knows. But she's like, could, could you just come up and help me really quick? And I, no problem. We're up 14 points, right, Andy? No problem, right, no Packer problem. fans? Hey, this is the worst fine. offense. Nothing to see here. The Nothing worst going on. offense in the NFL. The worst, okay? It was a rookie coach, a rookie freaking quarterback, Adam Thielen, who's in a wheelchair and on Social Security, guys you've never heard of, okay? It's done. It's over. We Not even Joe Barry himself could screw this up. So I go help my wife, and I'm sitting there, and like you know, it's like five or ten minutes. Yeah, I'm just gonna check the score. Maybe we scored again. That'd be really nice. Wait a minute, thirty to twenty-two. <laughs> and then my wife goes, oh, "Honey, why don't you just go down and watch it?" So I sprint downstairs and everything, and I I rewind it to see. You know, I have YouTube TV. If you don't have it, you should get it. It's pretty cool for watching football games because you can rewind and pause and all that shit. Anyway, so I rewound it to see what happened. And I was like, what <laughs> is going on? This is horrible. They're throwing to some guys. I don't even know. The, it, it, Joe Barry is in some defenses that I, I can't figure out. He Yes, he is generating pressure, but he's not being... Like other coaches I have watched, even I watched the Monday night game against Baltimore and San Francisco, and their defensive coordinator made Brock Purdy look like Joe Purdy or <laughs> some dude off the bench. Four interceptions, was totally on him all night long. San Francisco was not a slouch. He was creative. He was different. Joe Barry's the complete freaking opposite. Then before I know it, I'm fast forwarding and now it's a tie game 30 to 30. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hold on. What is going on? So then obviously we win the game and everything. We, we I just could not believe it. Okay. So after the game, I, I get on a social media and I get on our little site. Andy and I have a little site on Facebook. If you'd like to visit us, packersblitz.com. And I just start talking. I just, and before you know it, there's just, just wall <laughs> a wave. I should say a Packer fans. Why are we firing Joe Barry? This is ridiculous. Is Bryce young. Look like Steve young. Everybody's losing their minds. I'm losing my minds. We're all going back and forth and everything. And this is what I can only think of Andy. Because he said something galactically stupid, Matt LaFleur said in his pre press conference. And I say galactically stupid. I don't have the quote in front of me, but you can look it up. But the basics is this. He said, 
well, the offense could have done better to help the defense. And we should have got more first downs to give defense a little more rest. And, and it's not always, and he said, it's not the defense's fault that we were in this situation. We should have scored more points. Basically, look it up. You can read it out. That's what Matt LaFleur said. He took the whole thing off of Joe Barry, right? Just owned it, which a head coach should. But now I'm to the point of, what does Joe Barry have on the Packers? Did he catch somebody, like, you know, having an affair? Is there some money laundering? Is there something going on? Because there is no logical, no logical explanation here of why Joe Barry should be our defensive coordinator. He's the worst against the rush, if not uh, the worst. He's his passing has gone to the toilet. He can't sack anybody, even though when he does sack people, they still have a great game. You know, listen to our episode with, uh, you know, uh, what's his face? It's so angry right now. I can't even think straight with the journeyman quarterback uh, where we sacked him four times, uh, five times, and he still wound up having a great game. Uh, and I always forget his name. And, and then Tommy DeVito, Danny DeVito, <laughs> he just goes down the field on us. And what part of uh, Baker Mayfield, there we go. Uh, <laughs> what part of do you go, okay, this is not working? And then also, like I said originally, like Bart Scott and some other NFL players have said too, they would be on each other's cases and they would be just in each other's faces and just be just screaming and yelling and just holding guys accountable. And it, it, it yeah, it'd be very, <laughs> very awkward to be a sitting on those sidelines with players doing that. And like I said, two weeks ago where uh, where Dallas was getting their butt kicked by Buffalo and L. Harris, when they're down like 25 points, L. Harris is on the sidelines chewing out his defense. And, you know, I just, there's no accountability. And that's the thing I've read recently and Andy and I have talked about in every episode, there's no accountability. There's no one saying, okay, Joe Barry, this is not working. Please tell me why it's not working. And Joe Barry should have, well, you know, injuries. Well, everybody has injuries. Well, people are in a position. Well, you're the coach. You should get them a position. Well, I called the wrong uh, scheme, play, whatever. Okay, again, that's your job. You're not doing your job. And just to make clear here, I have fired people, a lot of people, and I've been fired. It is not fun. It sucks. It's awkward. But when I've let people go, it has been for a reason, a definitive reason. They're just not getting it, and I've given them chances, and it's just not working. So, again, I don't understand if it comes down to consistency, maybe Lafleur is going. Hey, we need a consistency. We need to, you you know, get together here and stay focused and and not try to you know break up the ship or whatever you want a stupid analogy or cliche you want to say. But why don't you just say to Joe Barry, look, here's the deal. Things are not working. We know that. We're just going to move on. No hard feelings. We wish you the best. Joe Barry will be fine. Okay, 
I think there's two things. One, Joe Barry has dirt on people. He must. <laughs> and two, there's no one behind him. There's no young coordinator. Remember, the Packers used to have that. We used to have coordinators like Andy Reid and Nolan Cromwell and you know all these other guys who, who would be like Nathaniel Hackett, even though he hasn't done so well, who, you know, NFL teams were like, yeah, we would really like to get them. There's no NFL team out there who has said, hey, I want this guy or that guy from the Packers. Not anymore. So that's the other thing. They don't have anybody. So they're not going to admit we don't have anybody. And, you know, so they're screwed. LaFleur's digging his grave. And I don't know if he'll be back here next year because he's not helping himself. He is really, really making issues. And just one more thing with my rant. So Devontae Wyatt, he was not having a good game. Uh, he screwed up a couple times. And one time in the first quarter, you see uh, Matt LaFleur just chewing him out. And, you know, he threw his headset and everything. He's just losing his mind with uh, Devontae Wyatt. And, and then eventually they hug it out or whatever. It doesn't matter. But I'm like, why is LaFleur doing that? Yes, he's the head coach. He should. No, the players should be doing that. The players should be dragging him aside and saying, hey, man, get your head out of your ass. Let's get this done. What are you doing? And I don't see that. I see the players are just like, yeah, oh, well, we'll miss the playoffs. That's okay. It's just no fire. There's nothing there. And I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope there are players out there saying, okay, we need to change this and make this better, hold each other accountable. But again, why Joe Barry's still there, I have no idea. So that's it. That's my rant. I feel better. <laughs> yeah, I've got something to add to that, John. So yeah, basically, yeah. Um, our defense gave up 30 points, 30 points to the Carolina Panthers. And the Carolina Panthers, as everybody knows, we just told you, they have a rookie quarterback, Bryce Young, not Steve Young. Uh, they have a basically a backup running back is the running back, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, their best wide receiver, their best wide receiver is Adam Thielen. He right, is right, right. 33 years old. He is a dinosaur. Yeah, like he's I a said, dinosaur he's, he's, and he's about 30. to be out of the league. And yeah, he'll be your out best of the wide receiver, and you give up 30 points. You have to hold somebody accountable. Joe Barry is that person, and the buck stops basically with him. Right. And it's right. a fireable offense. It is. Give up 30 points to the Carolina Carolina frickin' Panthers. Uh yeah, the you know. It was great weather. You know, you can make up all these excuses. You know, There's the field conditions were fine and all this. And, you know, but you shouldn't be relying, like, on weather to, to play defense for you. And uh, I'm sorry. They don't have enough weapons on that team to be scoring 30 points. And it was uh, it was a fireable offense. And uh, hopefully, right. you know, they'll reassess at the end of the season. Uh, the end of the season is going to come quicker than we think it's coming uh, if uh, changes aren't made. And I'm just hoping we can get through the next two games, make the playoffs at least. But, um, you know, 
But <laughs> in the end, we still have Joe Barry as our defensive coordinator. So how far are we going to get? So yeah, who knows? Exactly. So we're going to switch gears here yeah. and uh, we are going to talk about the Packers uh, that are on the nice list. Uh, Yay. Kind of a Christmas theme here. Uh, so the first person on the first player on the uh, nice list for the Packers was uh, Jordan Love. He was 17 of 28 uh, passing uh, 218 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He also added a touchdown run as well to give him 30 total touchdowns on the season. He did that despite missing three of his top wide receivers. We already talked about that. There is no coal in Jordan Love's, Jay Love's stocking. He surpassed. Aaron Rodgers winning win total from his first season at Pack as Packers starting quarterback in 2008. I think Rodgers only won six games that year. Correct. They were six, six and ten. ten. Yes. So yeah, he already surpassed that win total. So congratulations, Jordan Love. That's awesome. Uh, the second person on the nice list that I've got, and we talked about him also, running back Aaron Jones, 21 carries, 127 yards. If you're averaging that out, that's over six yards of carry. <laughs> that's pretty darn good in yeah. the National Football League. I don't care who you are. He was the the first the first Packers 100 yard rusher of the season. I don't think that's not a good thing. Actually, it's a good thing that he no. went over 100 yards. But that was supposed to be a strength, wasn't it? He was the first to do it, though. And we're in week uh, 16, right? Now we're in week 17, and he's the first one to do it, right? Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Against a porous Panthers run defense, Jones showed the speed and elusiveness that, that make him special. So very, very nice job. Awesome job. Uh, Aaron, um, the third person I wanted to recognize that's on the, uh, nice list is wide receiver Romeo Dobbs. Um, John alluded to that Mm. earlier. He had yeah. four receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown. This game, he played well and was present. Uh, he now leads the team with eight touchdowns. John said that, too. So congratulations, Romeo. Great job. And then um, very interesting. I was going to put that in the very interesting uh, you know, uh, section. But um, I want to recognize left tackle Rashid Walker. Uh, John, I read mm. an article. And according mm-hmm. to ESPN, he is second in the entire NFL among left tackles in pass block win rate at mm-hmm. 95%. Uh, and that's he's he's right about where Hall of Famer uh, Trent Williams from the San Francisco 49ers is. So he's oh, wow. second in the league. In the league. This season, Walker has a 74.8 pass block blocking grade and a 62.7 run blocking grade. Since he splits snaps with Yash Nyman, I don't know why, but I guess he still does. <laughs> Nyman has a much worse uh, 64.9 pass blocking grade and a slightly better, slightly better run blocking grade of 63.6. Rashid Walker is part of the reason J-Love has been keeping upright and has time to throw. The line only gave up one sack on Sunday. John, I don't even remember what that sack was. <laughs> I do. And maybe, maybe it was one that J-Love created himself. Yes, he does. Okay. 
It was okay. a corner. Uh, it was a excuse me. It was a middle linebacker blitzing. Okay, and he should have saw it, but for whatever reason, he J Love just backed up, and the guy mm-hmm. just plowed him down. And I'm like, what is he doing? It yeah. was pretty obvious this guy was blitzing. Okay, did, and, I think uh, was it yeah. Aaron Jones going on on a pass or something? And well, then no, Aaron Jones. To... Yes, he was. Aaron okay, Jones kind of flipped him, whatever you want to say. Okay. Yeah, kind of whatever. Okay, uh, didn't do any good. Okay, I think I remember crazy. that play now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, he didn't have the proper protection that he needed. No, Um, no. Somebody didn't move over to pick up the blitzer, but along the same lines, then J Love has to get rid of the ball, throw it to the spot where that person is vacating if there's anybody in the route and Mm -hmm. get get the ball out of your hands. Right. So uh, the last person I wanted uh, to recognize on the nice list was outside linebacker. Uh, Preston Smith, he had one and a half sacks. We only had two sacks on the day, and he had one and a half himself. The Panthers were one of the worst pass-blocking teams in football. Yes. I guess not. (laughs) Not on on that Sunday. Uh, And again, the Packers only got two sacks, and again, Preston had one and a half, so that's pretty awesome. So I wanted to recognize the old guy. Um, I think he's 31 now, 32, 31. Yeah, 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 and he was one of the guys that was in the debate, you know, to trade and get some trade him, value yeah. for. But he's been he's had a really nice season, so you got to give yeah, the old guy nice credit. Uh, very consistent player. So, uh, for me, the Packers blitz uh, players of the game. I'm not sure where John is on this. I've got uh, Aaron Jones for sure and Romeo Dobbs, uh, and I scolded both of them in previous podcasts. Uh, but they played uh, great on Sunday, yeah, so I just right. want to recognize them. Uh, John, you, who do you have for your Packers? Blitz so I have game? Aaron Jones and I have Tucker Craft. Okay. Again. Yep. And they mentioned um, they because... mentioned Tucker. And sorry to cut you off, but they did mention Tucker in some of the articles that I read. It just we've been recognizing him pretty much every single week, and I wanted to give some kudos I, to some of I, the other guys. But well, I, I, I yeah, and I think Romeo. Uh, is definitely uh, worthy of that and everything. But again, he's such an enigma. He just is uh, puzzling, by the way, people. Right. Uh, like like, you don't know You don't know what you're going to get from him. He, he, he's, nope. again, like I said, Antonio Freeman keeps coming to mind. He'll make a great catch, and then you throw it right to him, and he'll drop it. And you're like, what? How did, who? But yeah. Tucker Craft just seems like he stuck his nose in the, after I, told him <laughs> yeah like i told him right. squash me uh like i said in our podcast episodes i said just get your nose in the playbook you look like a deer in the headlights now he you know he looks like a real threat for us and with musgrave hopefully he continues to rebound and, and can play man that is a nice combination there'd be a lot of teams which they had Two young tight ends like we have with promise. That, that's that's gonna be interesting. Yep, moving the third forward. round curse is over. There are some articles. I, I on think that I think I think so. I yep. think so. Let's hope, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And naughty Romeo list. Do- yeah, the naughty oh, list. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, I just want to say Romeo Dobbs is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get, right? Just right <laughs> out of Fort Gump. <laughs> yeah, you darn right. Okay. Um so yeah, the naughty list. Uh, well, this number one, of course, is uh, defensive Duh. coordinator coordinator Joe Barry. We have oh to mention him. I'm sorry, we just do again. Uh, nobody employed by the Packers was even close. 
The no. Panthers are a bottom three offense. They averaged <sighs> 14 points per game. Bryce Young had not thrown a touchdown pass since John November mm. 9th. November 9th. Oh my That's the last God. time he threw a touchdown pass. He only had nine on the season. Over a month? <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes, like a month and a half. Uh, a month and a half? None of that, none of that oh. seemed to, to matter at all. Uh, the Panthers racked up 394 yards. They scored 30 points for the first time all season. In fact, the 63 points scored in this game was the most by the Packers and an opponent in 2023, by the way. <laughs> And it was against the Carolina Panthers. That's what makes it sadder, doesn't it? It's not like, not like we were playing the Chiefs and we scored that many points, right? Yeah. Combined. Uh, right. Somebody should have picked the over on that game. That's for sure. Yeah, they would have made, made a lot of money, a lot of moolah. Right. Uh, folks, yeah, yeah. again, it's the Carolina Panthers with two wins on the season. Two. Uh, Joe Barry gets coal in his stocking, uh, a jump truck full of it. So, yes. Yes. So um, the second person on the naughty list, again, is cornerback Jair Alexander, this time for something different, <laughs> not oh only for the coin toss fiasco, but also oh, for that two-point conversion run play to a third-string running back, Raheem oh Blackshear, God. to tie the game 30-30 at the end of the game, in which yeah. Jair did not take on the block of a much smaller nope. wide receiver and was knocked back into the end zone. Embarrassing. If it, exactly. Uh, mic drop. <laughs> Embarrassing. If Jair yeah. had avoided the block and made that crucial tackle, we don't need to score. Probably. We probably win the game anyway. It was a wussy attempt, wussy attempt at a tackle. It was embarrassing for a guy who is the highest paid cornerback in the NFL and a, and a veteran who is supposed to be a leader on the team. Just Google it. <laughs> Jair comes up right away. Highest paid cornerback. He signed an extension in May 2022. Forget this. Four years. $84 million with a $30 million signing bonus. Fiscally irresponsible and naughty. Uh, so yeah, he ain't worth it. He is not playing like, like no. not worth that. No way. Um, so third person on the naughty list, John, unless you have something else to say. on no, said it said it before, yeah. uh, So third person, it would be former first round pick cornerback, Eric Stokes. Again, he's naughty. Mm. He got beat twice by wide receiver DJ Chark on both of yeah, Bryce Young TD passes. In 12 games, get this, John, in 12 games this year, Chark yeah. had only 26 receptions, <laughs> 363 yards, and three touchdowns. On Sunday oh alone, God. against the Packers, of course, right? He yeah. and, and Eric Stokes, he lit the Packers secondary up for six receptions, 98 yards, and two touchdowns ah. inconceivable mm -hmm. and egregiously naughty yeah uh fourth person on the naughty list is former first round pick interior defensive yeah. lineman Devonte wyatt john alluded to this he had three yeah. penalties to go with his three assisted tackles mm -hmm. not unassisted three assisted tackles 
on one of those penalties was a boneheaded. This is what John was referring to. Let me get specific yeah. for you guys. Was a boneheaded offsides penalty on a field goal attempt. Packers fans, Jacob Westendorf of SI.com wrote something really intelligent. This is what he said. Wyatt lines up right over the ball. In theory, it should be impossible to be offsides when a player is right over the ball. End quote. Naughty, John, Packers fans, Packer Blitz fans. Yeah. Naughty and stupid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why Lafleur was was pissed. Uh, it's, it's many things that he was doing that game, but that was the one that you were alluding to where he threw down his headset. Um, just really stupid. So, uh, last uh, naughty player uh, would would be latest first round pick outside linebacker Lucas Van Ness. And I'm going to turn this mm. into a positive in a second. Another okay. stupid penalty came right at the beginning of the game. The Packers D forced a three and out. Then instead of giving the ball to their offense, Van Ness roughed the punter, forcing the D to go yeah, back yeah. onto the field, field, naughty and dumb. However, a fantastic article by Wendell Ferreira. We mentioned him quite a bit. And A to Z Sports believes that it's time to accelerate Van Ness's developmental path by giving him increased mm. snaps uh, which equals more learning. In fact, mm-hmm. Wendell gives an interesting comparison. Interesting. And here's the quote he has, and John will be interested in this. Lucas Van Ness has been slightly more productive than Rashawn Gary in his rookie season, just not on a down-to-down basis. Coming out of Michigan, Gary had 244 snaps, two sacks, and 15 pressures. Van Ness has... 335 snaps, three sacks, and also 15 pressures. Van Ness is better at stopping the run, though, with 21 tackles versus 13 from Gary. And the tackling, by the way, is the big difference in Van Ness's favor. He's had a 65.6 tackling PFF grade, which is not only better than Gary's numbers as a rookie. Gary only had 51, uh, 51.0 PFF grade. Mm. But also his grade this season, Gary only has a 51.1. So he does not mm. tackle as well. And that's end quote. Um, so sorry, I embellished and added a little bit there. Um so Lucas Van Ness needs to play more. <laughs> he currently ranks fourth in snap count in 2023 for edge pass rush rushers. Uh, Preston Smith has played 66% of the snaps. Rashawn Gary, wow. 51%, about half. Kingsley and Igbari, 41%. And then Van Ness, a distant fourth at 33%. So about a third of the plays. So they need to increase that, right, for his development. So, yeah. Got any comments about that? So those are oh. the naughty people, naughty uh, players during the game. The naughty. Yeah, list. sounds good. Okay, I love that. So part four, I'm looking to let John take. I'm going to take a little break, and we are going to yeah, talk about the upcoming cut you know, against okay. the Vikings. Queens. Vikings. Queens. Okay, so Packers at Vikings, uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, seven twenty on NBC. Yes. We are stuck with Collinsworth and like the other guy, um, Mike Tarico. Tarico, thank you. 
again, we've already said this, Trico, you, you're a professional. Do the Olympics. You're really good. Collinsworth, retire and go fishing. I don't want to go golfing. Finally, this is good news. Minnesota, <laughs> two points. Okay. Yep. Favor to win. Okay. Yep. That's a spread. Thank you. Over under 46.5. Oh, I agree with that. All right. So the Vikings, the team I love to hate, um, are a lot, a lot of losers. Yeah, losers. Two in a row. Uh, Bengals and Lions. Uh, by the way, the Lions won the NFC North title for the first time in 30 years. 30 Good long for them. Years. Good for them. Good for Lions fans. Just don't let it go to your head now. Don't be stupid and be like every other fan base. Oh, we haven't won in a while. We're really good. Yep. We'll see next year. <laughs> yep, Jared Goff, too. He needs to yeah, like knock we'll it see. off. Probably going to start wearing a cape or something. Oh, Jesus. Um, tied with the the Vikings are tied with the Packers at 7-8. and eight. And in the playoff hunt, the Vikings currently have the eighth seed. Are ahead of the Pack. I don't know why. Whatever. Uh, the Atlanta game, just really quick. I told you that Atlanta game would come bite us in the ass. Yeah. And it has. I told you, Packer fans, Packer Blitz fans. But both teams need to win the next two games to have realistic chance to make the postseason. By the way, uh, the Suckhawks, oh boy. <laughs> they have, I believe, I know they play the 49ers. And then um, the Rams play. Oh, who do they play? Well, Andy, you look that up for me while I'm doing this. Oh, yeah. uh, this is the final two games. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, since they lost Kirk Cousins for the season, playing the Packers last time at Labo, I was at that game, folks. And if you remember, it was just terrible. We should have won that game. Uh, we played Vikings, Vikings very uh, tough. Uh, still can't decide who their starting quarterback is. Uh, like I said, they had Nick Mullins in there. He threw for over 400 yards. He had uh, three touchdowns, four interceptions. He played pretty well. Uh, but again, um, who knows what they're doing. Any if you're saying strategy, does it matter against the Joe Barry defense? No, it doesn't. So start the rookie. Um, but they did lose a big piece. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, he is a great player. Uh, total respect for this guy. Um, he's out with the MCO and an ACL in his knee, so that's crazy. And he, like I said, a good player. He had already set career highs with 960 receiving yards and 95 receptions. He was on his way easily to becoming the ninth, ninth tight end in NFL history with 100-plus catches uh, in a season. Uh, he also currently is the team in receptions and receiving yards. Uh and Justin Jefferson is back from a hamstring injury. Uh, he had a really good game again. Oh, boy, here we go. Despite missing almost half of the season, he still has 51 catches, 823 yards, and four touchdowns. And, yeah, he is their best player. There's yeah. no no doubt about period. it. Period. And you were going to say something? Yeah, period. He is. Yeah. He's also yeah. considered by many to be the best uh player in in the nfl right now that's why he was on madden right <laughs> the cover of madden yeah okay yeah. there's a reason madden for that they have so many commercials right now uh, especially if you're a little madden caesar's Earth. pizza or whatever it is but little caesar's yeah no. uh now wide receiver jordan addison is dealing with an ankle injury he'll play give me a break everyone's playing 
Uh, he has been great with 33, uh, 63 uh, receptions, 826 yards, and nine touchdowns. No surprise. He was a good player with USC. Um, Packers could have got him, but I'm, I'm happy with some of the receivers we have right now, so don't be too greedy. Um, Ty Chandler is the new lead back in Minneapolis. He has taken over for inept Alexander Matson. I don't know who he is. Who cares? Uh, upside linebacker uh, Daniel Hunter. Uh, big guy. Love this guy, too. He has over 15 sacks, uh, 74 tackles, forced for fumbles. Yes, he is Minnesota's Rashawn Gary. Um, very good player. You got to make sure you match up well with him. I hate this guy, but I love this guy. Uh, safety Harrison Smith. I wish he was with us. Uh, he also has three sacks, 85 tackles, and three forced fumbles. He Harrison Smith always ruins our day. He always finds a way to just make that play that you go, damn it. <laughs> and he's he's old. He's not some young guy out there anymore. He's near the end of his, he's in the twilight of his NFL career. So now that's not saying much, but the Vikings D has been better um, by the pack. A's defense is better than Packers defense. I'm not even going to read this. Uh, they allow 20 points per game. They get to the quarterback more often. That's because they have Brian Flores, who just is just blitz. He just keeps hitting the blitz button. He's, if you were if you were playing Madden, just blitz, blitz, blitz. Uh, they have 42 sacks. Uh, they get more turnovers, 11 interceptions, and and 21 forced fumbles. The Packers, by the way, only have six. Why am I even reading this? Have only six interceptions and nine forced fumbles. Again, Brian Flores. Um, He's extremely aggressive in his play calling. When I saw um, the uh, Minnesota game at Lambeau, I think Jordan Love handled it for the most part pretty well. Um, and that game, I think we had some injuries. Obviously, I think we had Aaron Jones still out, or maybe he was in 100%. But our defense played pretty well that game. We, we made Kirk Cousins um, give the ball up a couple times here and there, but still, we're, we're really not. Um, in that game, Andy, anything to add? Did you find yep. who the Suckhawks and uh, Rams play? Yeah, so the both those teams are at eight and seven. The Suckhawks play uh Pittsburgh, uh, in Ooh. Seattle, and then they're okay. uh at uh Arizona to, wow. to finish out the season. Okay, uh, the eight and seven uh Rams are at the New York Giants, and then they're oh, at boy. San Francisco. Okay. So a couple of teams uh, that are ahead of us right now. We'll um, see. But we'll talk a little bit. We're, when we talk about the package right now, okay. you're going to see some of the percentages. Yeah, we yeah. still have a good chance right. of making the playoffs. we got to win both yeah. games, though. Yeah, so currently 30% chance to make the NFC playoffs. However, uh, two or more wins to get to 9-8 and eight than the Packers. And by the way, Andy and I will go through our preseason predictions after the season to see how close we were. Come on, Packers. I said you were 9-8 and eight and going to make the playoffs. Andy said, nah, I don't Seven think so. 7-10. 7-10. <laughs> yeah. All right, so here we go. And uh, with two more wins than the Packers' playoff chances raises to over 90%. So no big deal. Uh, we just got to win. Uh, so yes, they still need help, but they have no, f it's their fault. And I totally yes. agree <laughs> for losing too many winnable games. Yes. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, the Giants, 
three games. Should have won. Yeah, we also also should have beat uh, Las yeah. Vegas Raiders too. Raiders to beat them. Yeah, yeah. There's so Four many games. games that they should have. I, I will. I will take Tampa off of that list now because Baker. Mayfield yeah, we got beat. Have, yeah, we Baker Mayfield jumped in the fountain of youth and took something. And <laughs> back to his glory out. days in college. He's right? back to his glory days, which will not last. But anyway, um. Yeah, we have a lot of injuries, availability, question marks with the Packers. Uh, what's new? Offense, uh, wide receiver. Oh, Watson, come on, man. Just you get know? in the tub and let's go. Wicks, Dontanian Wicks, which I think that was a cheap shot, but I'm a Packer fan, is when uh, Wicks was in the end zone and at Carolina, I don't know if it was the safety or the corner, kind of hit him in the ribs, kind of gave him a nice good shot in the ribs. It's football. I get it, but come on, man. Like, he's in. What are you doing? Uh, it, I get it. Put it on tape. Uh, but anyway, um, other guys, Reed is questionable. I think he'll play. I think he's tougher than you think. Uh, Luke Musgrave, got to be careful with this kid. Uh, you don't want to ruin his future. He has a lacerated kidney, and that, you know, he's going to get hit in the back, and that could cause other problems, so got to be careful. Uh, Levandre. Devondre Campbell, uh, he will not be with the Packers next year, by the way. Packer fans, I think he's kind of just fed up the way the Packers have treated him. Uh, and I don't know the full story. Uh, Darnell Savage would not be with us either, but both are questionable. I don't see them playing. I think they're shutting them down for the season. That's my opinion. Uh, but we need to protect J-Love who will be under constant pressure from the Vikings, high pressure and blitz-happy defense. You can work with that. You can beat a blitz-happy defense. Um, it's been proven. Whether we can or not, we'll see. Uh, be able to run the ball with Aaron Jones, yes. Aaron Jones has to have one of his signature kick-the-ass Vikings game. If you remember, I believe it was three years ago now. It was a Monday night game. It was for the division. Uh, everyone was hyped up for it, and Aaron Jones just destroyed them. <laughs> I mean, there's a great if you if you can go back and watch that game, it's really great because they show this fan after Aaron Jones runs for like a 56 yard touchdown, and they show this Viking fan, and he just mouths, "It's over." <laughs> as soon as we scored, it was it was over. Uh, by the way, um, one of the things too is we can't cough up the football because remember, force fun was a big thing. Don't turn the ball over. Um, and, you know, so Jay Love and Aaron Jones, again, don't turn the ball over. Packers, wow, okay, we'll win this game. Mm -hmm. Then the Packers' D needs, oh, boy, to get after the quarterback, which we don't know who it is. However, I'm very concerned about that because if it's the rookie, they're just going to tell him, don't see it, run. And guess what the Packers suck at? setting the edge and letting like Danny DeVito just run for over 30 yards. Go back and watch it. If you want to see pain uh, anyway, they need to pressure obviously the uh, quarterback and do it consistently on it. Yes. The Vikings are ranked third in the NFL passing yards per game. That's because they just pass. They just launch it all the time. Uh, the Vikings, though, do have one of the worst rushing offenses in the NFL at 90 yard, 93 yards per game. Oh, my God. If Joe Barry and his defense cannot stop the Viking run game, there is no hope. I agree. Um, they also need to win the turnover battle. Yes, 
We got to get turnovers because that's when the Packers defense flourishes. We've seen that happen many times that we've gotten into games. We, we win the turnover battle. Um, you know, we will win. So Andy's final score is Andy. What is the final score? Yeah, Packers are going to win this game 27-24 over the Vikings. So that's what I've got. And for a lot of the reasons, like, like I just said, as long as we don't turn the ball over, we win the turnover battle. And that's pretty much with any game, by the way. But uh, in this case, considering there's such a difference, there's such a big gap between the Vikings creating turnovers and us. I mean, they have 32 total turnovers that I can see here. And we've yeah. got 15. So they got more than double what we've got. If we're able right. to win that or at least stay even with them on the turnover battle, I think we win this game. Now, if they if we turn the ball over and they create turnovers, we're probably going to lose. So that's what it comes down to. It really does. Yeah. So, so this is what I'm going to say. Uh, soothsayer. <laughs> um, this is a, either one of two things going to happen. If we win the game, it's gonna, we're going to get a break, a big break. Something like Romeo Dobbs got in the Carolina game. Like there's a pass. There's a fumble, there's something, and and the refs screw it up, and we get the break, okay? I'm saying the same thing for the Vikings. If the Vikings, I don't know, let's say there's a call, let's say there's a fumble, whatever, right? That's how this game is going to be decided, whoever gets the break. And the reason I'm not saying a score is because it's going to flip-flop. <laughs> so if the Packers get the break, it's 27-24. If the Vikings get the break, it's 27-24. See what I'm saying? So yeah. that's what I see in this game. I haven't decided there's a winner. Maybe I'll put something out there. But that's what I see, Andy. I yeah. see there's like fourth quarter. I see somebody like throws up a pass and they call pass interference and somebody kicks a field goal to win the game. Or you know, you know, fumble, whatever. So that's what I'm saying right now. John, it's we'll gonna see. it's gonna be close. The last several years, very we've close. split with very them. They game. beat us in Lambeau. So again, I've been saying this pretty much all season. Once we lost that game at yeah. Lambeau, I think it was week yeah. eight, and Kirk Cousins right. got hurt, and we still lost. Uh, you know, I really think that uh, we're gonna win this game, and and basically break even okay. that's usually how it works it. with the vikings usually they don't take both games from us yeah. so my guess is you know right. we should win this game we've got our starting quarterback we've got j love and yeah, yeah. they don't He's play well. and so right there we should be winning this game so as long as we don't turn the ball over yep i think we'll be fine so all righty so john and i uh of packers blitz the Packers Blitz po podcast. Hope that everyone has a happy new year. Hopefully, one of the reasons that all Packers fans will have a happy New Year's Eve will be because of another Packers win on Sunday night. Yes, both the Vikings and the Packers deserve to be seven and eight this season. However, with a victory, one of these two teams will still have hope. With a loss, one of these teams, one of these two teams will be all but eliminated from the playoff race. John, 
Packers fans out there, this Sunday's Week 17 matchup with the Vikings is basically a single elimination game. Here on this Packers Blitz podcast, John and I are both staying hopeful and positive that the Packers will be victorious. John, any, yeah. any comments? I, I I know what you, you know. Yeah, your soothsayer thing, it's kind of scaring me a little bit. But, yeah, I think it's going to be close. <laughs> I think the Packers will. Yeah. You, you know, you yeah. you were looking into your crystal ball just a second ago. You know, you're looking like Gandalf. You got your big uh, big you know sorting hat on from, like, yeah. Harry Potter or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm thinking everyone out there – Please have a happy and safe new year. Uh, we're excited about 2024. Andy and I, uh, we're going to talk over some ideas, try to have some fun. This year, we weren't able to do some things we would love to do, but that's okay. Uh, we still love doing this podcast and we love our fans. We will do our best to try to keep this under an hour moving forward, but it's really hard for Andy and I because we love talking Packers, and you should love it too and hear our passion as we talk. So, again, hit subscribe, hit like, wherever you listen to Packers Blitz on your favorite podcast site, YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Please send Andy. I did do an Ask Andy because no one sent in any questions, so please. Send us a question for Ask Andy at PackersBlitz80 at gmail.com. That's PackersBlitz80 at gmail.com. I'll put it in the episode notes again. No excuses, folks. Ask Andy some questions. And again, we love you guys. And we look forward to hopefully on Monday having a victory podcast and talk about, you know, our next opponent, which will be the Bears again. Love you guys. Have a great new year. Andy, anything else before we wrap up? Yeah, just everybody out there uh, and to John, happy new year and go pack go. Go pack go. Love you, buddy. Talk later.